Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. As you're aware, today is Speed the Light Sunday. Now, many of you have heard Speed the Light before. You've seen it put in front of you, STL. But Speed the Light simply is speeding the light of the gospel through essential transportation and creative communication so that souls are saved and lives are changed. And what that means is the money that is donated to Speed the Light through missions is providing missionaries with essential transportation like vehicles or planes or donkeys, Yes, we've bought donkeys with Speed the Light money. But it provides them the transportation they need to share the gospel. It also provides them with equipment like these microphones and projectors and things that help make it easier for people who are in these other countries to see and hear the gospel. Last year was a year of celebration. I understand last year was a year of COVID. But it was a year of celebration for Oxford Assembly. We had made that vision, Pastor put that vision into place in January 2020 prior to knowing COVID was a thing. And when I, yes, praise God. And when I stood here on Speed the Light Sunday on October 25th, 2020, we celebrated that Oxford Assembly of God, going back to the year 2000, so in 20 years, had given over $147,000 to Speed the Light. That was awesome. And I had challenged our church to raise just the 2000 and some change more to push us over 150000 I said, we could do that by the end of the year. So at that point, that Sunday, when I stood before you, we had only raised like 8000 and some change for Speed the Light. But I'll tell you, as of December 31st, 2020, Oxford Assembly of God had given over $23,000 to Speed the Light in the year 2020. Thanks to God. That is an amazing thing. Yes, clap, because God gets the glory. He's blessed you guys who is turning around and using that to bless the missionaries through Speed the Light. So in two months, you guys raised over $15,000 or you gave over $15,000 so that we can make that amazing change for the missionaries. Now this year... The youth have planned, we said, we're going to make, we're going to raise $25,000. If we did 23 last year in a year of COVID, we can do 25. And I stand here today to tell you, as of October 3rd, 2020, we have raised over $12,000. So we are already ahead of last year at this point, and we're halfway there. Why do you think we sell the soap? Y'all, we want you to smell good. But it also goes to speed the light. And the students love making it. We sell pecans. Bless you. We sell pecans. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you've had our candy pecans, that's like crack to us Christians. Y'all, y'all go to town on them. We make a lot of money off them pecans. Keep an eye out November, December for that. But something new we're going to do this year. Got a man in the church. He's got skills. We're going to learn how to make some candied apples. And sell them for Speed the Light. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Not a clue what it's going to entail, but I'm excited. But all these little things help us raise money. But also what you give on a regular basis when we have Convoy of Hope projects put before us, like disaster relief, that all goes to Speed the Light. And it's an amazing ministry. So with us being already at $12,000 raised of our $25,000, 
let's do the math. We've got 13,000 left in just three months. I think we can do it. I seriously think we can do it. If we could do 12,000, I'm sorry, 15,000 in two months, we can do 13,000 in three months. So I can't wait to see what these youth are gonna be pushing out, helping with their giving. And I'm gonna tell you right now, the youth over the summer gave over $1,000 of their money in just two months. Yes, clap for that. These are kids who half of them don't have jobs. And I'm going to put out there, my middle schoolers are doing awesome. I don't know if they're getting it from mama. I don't care. But they're doing awesome. They are giving to Speed the Light. We've got some middle schoolers that have already given over $300 to Speed the Light this year. And I'm like, yes, there you go. But we have people in the youth group, the adults that are matching what the students are giving. So I'm excited. We can easily raise the money. But why do we give to Speed the Light? We give to everything else. So why is Speed the Light so important? Let me take this moment to talk to you about our freedoms. How many of you realize that we live in an amazing country? Despite COVID, despite political craziness, I don't get into that. We live in an amazing country that has some amazing freedoms. We are in the land of the free, home of the brave. The First Amendment itself gives us so many freedoms. I mean, the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the freedom of press, the freedom of assembly, the freedom of the right to protest. All those freedoms alone make us one of the freest countries in the world. We are so free. We are so free that we often take these freedoms for granted. For instance, because we have freedom of speech, a lot of times, Many of us can say whatever we want, as long as we're not trying to, you know, promote harm to anybody. But we can say whatever we want. We can put it on social media because we have freedom of speech. We don't have to worry about retaliation or the government coming at us yet. There are some countries that that's the thing, let's be honest. Because we have the freedom of religion, we can have our worship services in a building like this or somebody can worship Buddha, or somebody can worship nothing. We have that freedom. We also have the freedom to church shop. And you know what I'm talking about. You're looking for that church that's got the right lighting, it's got the right kind of music, the best preacher. You're looking for the best AC, mm-hmm. cleanest bathrooms. Seriously, we have that freedom to do that. Because we have the freedom of press, we can watch whatever news channel we want or any newspaper. We can read it and take it as truth. I'm scared to say it's truth these days, but we have that freedom. We have so many freedoms. However, we take them for granted. We often don't realize how much we take them for granted. But do you know who lives in this country right now? who doesn't get to experience these freedoms that we take for granted every single day? Those who are exploited for human trafficking. Human trafficking is a big issue. A lot of times when I talk about human trafficking, people think it's a third world country kind of thing. They think it's something that's overseas, that it doesn't really happen here. But I'm here to tell you that it is happening in the United States of America every single day. So I've asked some students to come up here. They're going to hold some signs, and we're going to go over some quick statistics about human trafficking. Now, this topic, I get the honor to go into schools, like Pastor said, 
and teach this to teenagers. What I don't get to do is tell them about Jesus. But this stuff right here, what I'm about to tell you, I get to teach to teenagers all the time and to really open their eyes to see just what it is that is there, that's out there, the predators that are out there, and the potential of, of a future of trafficking if they're not careful. Come on over, Lance. I've got all six. All right. So the first statistic I want to share with you is that there are at least 40 million slaves in the world today. 40 million slaves. Sadly, anywhere from 14,000 to 17,000 slaves are trafficked into America every single year. Now, this may shock you, but Florida is number three in the nation for human trafficking calls. We are just under California and New York. Now, I can't go into all the details of why that's the case, but number three, we live in Florida. That should be alarming to everybody in this room. This is a sad statistic, but nearly 50% of the victims are children under the age of 18 years old. The average cost of a slave is $90. What that means is, if one of these precious babies got snatched up today and was put into human trafficking, they would sell them to a trafficking ring for just 90 bucks. That's all they're worth. However, they're going to make bank because they're going to be sold to clients over and over and over and over again. So the trafficker is going to make a lot of money. $90 is nothing. But seriously, $90 is the cost of an average slave. Human trafficking is the third largest criminal industry in the world, just under drugs and arms dealing. Things about drugs and arms, it's a one-and-done product. You shoot the bullet, it's gone. You shoot the drug, it's gone. A person you can use over and over and over and over and over. So therefore, it is now becoming one of the top criminal industries in the world. And I'm not going to be surprised if it quickly surpasses drugs and arms. Over 80% of those who are exploited for human trafficking are exploited for sexual exploitation, meaning 20% they're used for labor. You know, those are a lot of countries that need the workforce, but 80% is used for sexual exploitation. They'll sell the body over and over again. They'll sell the child, sell the woman, sell the man. There's men and women, boys and girls, that are victims. It's not just girls. It's not just women. It's everybody because, sadly, everybody has a certain type, and they want every type to sell. They got a product. So look at these statistics. They're pretty alarming. And if they're not alarming to you right now, then you cold. But as a church, we should look at these statistics and think, what can we do? Students, thank you so much. I want you just to sit the signs up. These statistics... These statistics really help us to put in perspective. But let me kind of share some scenarios with you that are real-life scenarios. For instance, a 14-year-old girl, she is sold a dozen times a day to a men in a trailer for sex. 
And this trailer is located just miles from a prestigious college in South Carolina. Or you've got a teenage boy who is selling himself over and over again on the streets of Houston because he and his brother were abandoned by their parents. And so they are trying to make ends meet. Or you've got women that are selling themselves into prostitution, but really and truly, she's not doing it for fun. She's doing it because her pimp who's bought her is standing over here watching her, making sure she doesn't do anything that's gonna cost them his money. Or two boys in Marion County get lured into a sex trafficking ring through a video game. Fortunately, these two boys, though they were kidnapped for over a year, and God knows what happened to them and the trauma they faced. One got away and was able to get help. The other boy got rescued, and seven individuals were arrested from that incident in Marion County. I have stories from Wildwood. I have so many I can share. Sadly, the statistic of those who recover or get found from human trafficking is less than 10%. That means over 90% of those victims are never seen again. They never see the love of a mom. They never see the love of anybody that they know. They're sold into that lifestyle. Human trafficking is a very touchy subject. I can tell. Everybody in this room, it's heavy. And like I said, in the schools, when I teach this, it's heavy. My heart pounds when I'm in the schools because I'm praying the whole time while I'm speaking about this so that students understand this is real. You, as adults, you know I'm not making this up. You know this is real. But right now, this heaviness is the conviction because we as a church have to do something. Not only do we take a stand and bring awareness to the fact that this is an issue, but we need to lead the charge. The church needs to be the first thing in front of the charge to end human trafficking, not just in America, but all over the world. This is my takeaway from all this information. Missions is not just something overseas. Missions is across the street. We have a lot to do here in America to help spread the gospel. We have a mission from God. We have a mission. We have an example that's the best example ever, and that's Jesus Christ. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 4. And we're going to read a passage that Jesus was reading. In this particular passage, Jesus was in the synagogues, and he was teaching. He was handed a scroll from Isaiah. And he was reading these prophetic words from Isaiah, but he was reading them and bringing them out to life. And this is what he says in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In the scripture it talks about the anointed. A lot of times in biblical context that was a, like an oil, anointing oil. And when a priest or a prophet was being anointed, they would literally just pour oil over them. And that basically commissioned them for their spiritual purpose. Well, in this passage, Jesus isn't getting anointed with physical oil. He's saying, I'm anointed with the Holy Spirit. 
And that today is available to you right now. If you call yourself a Christ follower, then you are spirit-filled and anointed with the Holy Spirit to go out and to set the captives free with that authority and with that power that Jesus gave us. Now, Jesus, in his passage in Luke chapter 4, he states the purpose of why we want to be spirit-anointed, spirit-filled, and what we're supposed to do. The first thing he said we need to do is to go out and preach the gospel. He's like, I'm charged to go and share the good news, the good news of salvation and freedom and forgiveness. I'm supposed to share it to the poor, to the oppressed, to the brokenhearted. I'm supposed to share it to everybody. Jesus came to preach, and he came to reach out to those who the world seemed to overlook or reject. Now, can we agree that those caught up in human trafficking fit this description? Jesus came for them, too. Amen? What about prostitutes? Can we agree that prostitutes need the love of Jesus? We sing a song about he's mighty to save, everyone needs compassion, the kindness of a savior. That counts for prostitutes too. There's a misconception that's very common a lot of, amongst a lot of people that prostitutes are out there for the money, they enjoy it. It's the life they chose. But sadly, they are actually caught in, many of them are caught into human trafficking. And the definition of sex trafficking, it describes a person being forced, tricked, or coerced into a life of prostitution by someone who exploits them to benefit from their works. Many Americans, and sadly, many Christians, we cast these prostitutes aside and we say they're dirty. And we often overlook them, and we don't think they're worthy of God's compassion or our compassion. And we really don't care what happens to them. And that's a sad, sad thing. But we, as spirit-filled Christians, need to take this example led by Jesus, and we need to take a deeper look to that teenage girl that's standing on the street corner by herself at night. Why are you there, sweetie? What's wrong? We need to take a look and look for that instead of going, hmm, just a troubled teenager. They're probably just getting in trouble. They're going to whatever. I hear it all the time. In regards to prostitutes, this is a whole different sermon, but just FYI, Rahab was a prostitute, and she was in the genealogy of Jesus found in Matthew 1.1. If God can put a prostitute in the genealogy of Jesus along with three other women, I think they have a place in heaven, don't you? Jesus, being spirit-filled, he said his mission isn't just to, to preach, the gospel, preach the gospel, but it's to bring freedom to those who are enslaved by either their own sins or by the trappings of the evilness of the world. I can honestly say human trafficking is a trap. How many of you would think and agree with me that if somebody was stuck in human trafficking, that they're, they're trapped, they're enslaved? Though this passage that Jesus says is referring to more spiritual freedom, we know that Jesus and his salvation includes emotional and physical freedom as well. Amen. He came for the whole self. He didn't come for just pieces. He came and died on the cross for the whole self. Those trapped in human trafficking, a lot of times they're dying on the outside. 
physically dying, either through diseases, which I'm not going to get into. Sometimes they're even murdered because once they're no longer a product that's selling, they're, no any, they're not any good. They can't release them because then they go expose the ring. So then they're murdered. So they're dying through diseases, they're dying through murder, but they're also dying on the inside. They're dying in this guilt and this constant state of abuse and, and this lack of love. They're dying. They need to hear the gospel of Jesus. They need to hear about this freedom that he gives us. Listen to this statistic. Trafficked children are significantly more likely to develop mental health problems, abuse substances, engage in prostitution as adults, and either commit or be victimized by violent crimes later in life. Those children we were talking about, those two boys in Marion County, they have a lot that's happened to them. If we the church are to take the lead in ending human trafficking, then we need to share about this freedom that comes from Jesus Christ. And not just this freedom from the spiritual battles, we understand that's important, but also this this emotional and physical freedom as well. Jesus said as spirit-filled Christ followers, he said he came to heal. How many of you know that Jesus can heal? He can heal things that we can't explain. He is the ultimate healer. He has that power to do it both physically and spiritually. He came to heal those that were physically bruised, blinded, oppressed, but he also came to heal those that were dealing with issues. Women who have been trafficked for the purpose of sexual exploitation, they experience a higher rate of HIV and STDs. A lot of times they develop tuberculosis and they end up getting permanent damage to their reproductive organs through the STDs that they don't realize they have. But we have a God that sent his son to heal those people. We just need to tell them about it. Jesus said as spirit-filled Christ followers, he came to proclaim that true freedom from Satan's power and from the sins of the world and from fear and from guilt is available through him. We can do that as well. As his Christ followers, we can share all of that with people every single day. So how? I've said a lot of information, and again, it's not fun stuff. But how can Oxford Assembly of God help lead the change that we need to see to end human trafficking? Well, the first thing we can do is pray. That's the biggest thing we can do. Like we sang that song, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. We fight our battles through prayer and worship because it's him that's fighting those battles. So we need to pray. We need to pray for the victims all of those that are stuck in human trafficking, we need to pray for the traffickers because clearly they have a lifestyle that needs to change. Pray for conviction to come on them to say, I'm not going to live this life anymore. We need to pray for the organizations that are out there leading the charge to help end human trafficking, not just in America, but across seas. There are so many organizations. Some are faith-based, some are not. There's a lot of non-faith organizations that still believe human trafficking shouldn't happen. And they're out there doing their part to bring awareness. But we need to pray. Pray for these organizations. Pray for these men and women who are out there making it a living to be in those trenches. 
I can tell you, if it's heavy right now just talking about it, can you imagine letting that be your day job? There's people out there doing it, and we need to pray for them. We need to pray for the church to rise up. Because as a whole across this nation, the church is very comfortable. And we take these freedoms for granted. But the church needs to rise up, and we need to pray for a revival in our church, not just a revival because we need to be spiritually more anointed or whatever, but we need to be able to rise up and fight for the injustice that we're seeing even across the street. Rise up. Do what we can to make a difference. We need to pray that we see an end to human trafficking and modern-day slavery. These are things that we need to do because, again, if we're going to preach the gospel and say scripture verses like John 8, 8.36 that says, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. We need to be out there living it and showing it to them, not just quoting it and putting it on a card and saying, Here you go. We need to do it. But other than praying, we also need to give. We give so others can live. There are so many people out there that are benefiting from selling people when they could hear the gospel because we gave money to help an organization that's in those trenches to tell them about Jesus. Free International is one of the organizations that I'm talking about today. They're really working hard to end human trafficking. Free International started in 2007 by a man named Mike Bartell. Mike Bartell works with Project Project Rescue with David Grant over in Southeast Asia. But he realized human trafficking wasn't just a third world over the seas issue. It was an issue here in America. So he became a U.S. missionary through the Assemblies of God Back in 2007, he started Free International, and they're doing amazing things to help end human trafficking. Some of the things that they're doing is they're doing training. They're going into churches or organizations, and they're training people how to to notice the signs of somebody who's being human trafficked. We teach this in the schools. They talk about grooming techniques from the pimps that are out there trying to attract and lure the victims. They go in and train people on how to minister to these people because how many of you know that we need some guidance on what to say and do, especially with people who are going through stuff that we probably never experienced, but they provide training. They go into schools and do school assemblies. I think that's pretty neat. Honestly, what I do isn't with them, but that's an important thing that's definitely needed. They also work with local law enforcement to help find missing persons, not just children, but any missing persons. That's pretty neat because a lot of times law enforcement will seem to kind of shut down and say, we've got this, this is our job. But they actually work with them and they have a very good relationship. They only, not even local law enforcement, but they work with the higher ends, FBI. I actually met one of the guys and he was a former FBI agent that had retired from FBI and now works for Free International. And that was pretty cool. He told me all these stories and stuff. But they work with these people, and they have a good relationship. How many of you have ever heard that the Super Bowl here in America is the biggest day for human trafficking here? They have more victims on Human Trafficking Day than any other day. So what happens with Free International, they have this big event called the Big Search. And they show up to where Super Bowl is going to be that year. And they work with the local law enforcement, and they search for all those missing people. 
and they do this big search. It's a big thing. It's a lot of fun um, to see how they do it. Obviously, human trafficking is not fun, but it's really neat to see all the work that goes into it and everybody who backs them and helps them. They do all this because they have the essential equipment to do it, and that's where Speed the Light comes into play. Speed of Light helps provide some of these mobile units that they use to go into these big areas and to use for the search, the hunt for these missing people. I'm going to show you a real quick video. This video is of Mike Bartell, and it's him sharing what he's doing in Las Vegas or what he was doing in Las Vegas. And after that, I'll talk a little bit more about these awesome rigs that they have. Hey, this is Mike Bartell with Free International. I'm standing out here in front of the Speed Delight mobile unit, the one of the two that we have. Tonight it's been working all night right here on the Las Vegas Strip. We're right out front of the Planet Hollywood across from the Cosmopolitan, just prime real estate in our city as we've worked all night specifically working with Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department as they brought girls over to the rig. We've seen a couple dozen already go through her doors tonight as help has been offered. Uh, probably a couple hours more to go, another dozen girls. Um, this is one of the things, one of the many things you guys in providing the Speed Delight rig has allowed us to do. Nobody ever gets to park on this strip and uh, Las Vegas is, uh, Metropolitan Police Department has been such a huge partner as we move forward to reach the thousands being prostituted in our city that they might know God, that they might know a future, and that they might be free. Thank you Speed the Life for providing this incredible equipment so that we might reach the lost and tell everyone is free. Yeah. These, these mobile units are pretty cool. I actually had the opportunity back in August in Orlando at General Council to kind of get a tour of one of these units. I have a picture of it up here. I wish if I thought ahead, I would have like videoed all inside it and stuff. But it's really neat because you walk in and they have this really large command center that's, you know, tables and desks and TVs and, and computers. And that's where their team plus the local law enforcement, they're just working nonstop trying to find these missing children. And they have the command center in the front of the rig. They also have um, some showers. They have a little kitchen. They have a little um, counseling area so they can talk to people once they're found. And in the back, they have some bunk beds and a little bit larger area. So what happens is when they rescue anybody that's missing, if it's a child, what they do is they bring the child in. Of course, the law enforcement get involved to call their parents, and they reunite them with their families. They give them the counseling that they need. They, they connect them with um, the medical services that they may need, as well as any kind of legal services. Now, as an adult, if they find any missing women or even just welcome prostitutes off the street into the rig who are desperate for freedom, they can't make the adults turn their lifestyles around. But what they do is, for the women and the men who are trapped, they'll do tattoo removals. What that means is, they'll design over the tattoo, which is their branding mark, so that their trafficker can't see or, you know, they won't be seen. Basically, in the human trafficking ring, they'll tattoo them on the neck or an arm. Some are visible, so A, it proves that they belong to somebody so that either other rings won't catch them or whatever, and they also know who they belong to. And in the schools, we talk about a couple of them, but what they'll do is they'll actually put another tattoo over it to kind of disguise it. 
if they truly want to kind of get free from that and find a new life. They do legal services. They do all sorts of even dental work. But what's so awesome is that they share the love of Christ. They share about the God that died on the cross for them and that through his sacrifice, they can have this freedom. Not just the freedom from the sins that they're, they're burdened with, but also the freedom from this emotional pain, freedom from this physical pain. There's only two rigs that they have currently right now. They have one for the West Coast, which is the one you saw in the video. And they have one for the East Coast. That's the one I got to see in Orlando. And these rigs go up and down the coast. They work with major cities, but they also go into neighborhoods that are very prominent for issues. But people don't want to go in there. People don't want to deal with it. So it's kind of overlooked. But they get to go into these neighborhoods and they work on ministering and sharing the gospel now pf youth penn florida youth our youth department as a district has pledged to give fifty thousand dollars to free international to help buy one of these rigs these rigs cost more than fifty thousand dollars but they've pledged fifty thousand dollars to help go towards the cost our youth group has been pushing this all year long so anytime we talk about Speed of Light, which is every week in the youth, we're talking about what it's going for. It's going for this. Right now, we've got about $10,000 in Speed of Light funds that's not designated, and we're going to put that towards that rig. $10,000 towards the fifty. that's a good dent. But I know we can do more. I know we can make a big difference. I would love it if we, as Oxford Assembly of God, marked that off the list by the end of this year. Because these units, they're essential in providing aid in the prevention of future victims, as well as helping in the efforts to find and restore those that are currently exploited. These essential tools in this fight against human trafficking could not happen without the help of Speed the Light. It's through Speed the Light funds that they're able to do this amazing ministry. And if we look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and we think, how do we apply this to our lives? How do we share the gospel? How do we provide healing? How do we tell people about the freedom? It's this right here. It's by helping those who are on the front lines in human trafficking. Today, I don't have any gimmicks for you. I don't have a big show. I don't have any props, per se. Today, I want you to really think about how you can make a difference for these people that are human trafficked. How can you give, whether it's financially or of your time? If you want to get in the schools and talk about this like I do, come see me. I know people. I'll take you right there with me. But how are you going to make a difference? How are you as a church going to take the lead and make a stand? Because going back to those freedoms, what freedoms are we taking for granted that we need to assess right now because these people that are trafficked can't even have them. So please consider joining the fight for Speed the Light. Please con consider joining Speed the Light for the fight against human trafficking. Help us make this an end. I'm going to end today with a verse, and I'm going to pray. But I'm going to pray for those who are dealing with issues, who are convicted because they know they can do more. I'm going to pray for you guys because I know it's heavy. Pray for you that's online watching. It's heavy. Probably already turned me off. But I want to pray for you guys. Some of you are dealing with stuff. Some of you might be dealing with the stuff that I've talked about. 
and you don't even realize it. I don't even have time to get into the whole porn industry and how that plays into human trafficking, but there's a lot. A lot of those people in the porn videos are human trafficking victims. It's pretty sad. The statistics are scary. But some people are dealing with addictions. Maybe not even that. Maybe you're dealing with any other kind of addictions. But I want to pray. But before I do, I want to leave you with this verse. Let this be our verse for this day. Isaiah 1, verse 17 says, Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Please the case of the widow. Let us pray. Tell you, Father, thank you so much right now for tonight and this morning and everybody that's watching, everybody that's in this room. This is such a heavy topic. Lord, I thank you for the fact that you've allowed me to be a willing vessel to share this. Lord, I pray right now that I did you justice. I pray right now that all these victims that I have been up here talking about, that I did them justice, God. But I pray right now that your Holy Spirit that is so heavy in this place, and this, this burden that's on these people, God, that you will show them how they can make a difference. Show them what they can do to help lead the cause for human trafficking. Not just be a part of it by just talking about it and moving on, but no, let's as a church take the action to lead the cause. Lord, I pray for these people that are sitting here today or watching online that are dealing with issues, dealing with addictions, dealing with so much of the sins that we've talked about, but they're weighed down and they don't want to deal with it anymore. They want that freedom, that freedom that's found in John 8, 36. Whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. They want that. And God, I pray right now that you will just give these people that freedom. If they're calling out to you and they're saying, God, forgive me, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Lord, I pray right now that you will let that verse, John 8, 36, sit in their hearts, that they know that they are free. And when the enemy attacks, you remind them that they fight their battles through prayer and through worship, and that it's daily that we have to take up our cross. It's daily that we have to continue to pray and intercede because it's not a one-and-done thing. It's a daily thing. And God, I pray right now that we will be the leading example for our area, will be the leading example for our communities, for our state. Lord, help Oxford to live God to stand up and to stand out and to lead the charge against human trafficking. Lord, I don't want it just to be a one and done service right now, but I want this to be a lifestyle, a change that we're going to see. Lord, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and I can't wait to see what you're going to do and how you're going to help us to see some of the ideas that we can share the awareness of human trafficking amongst this church, amongst this town. Lord, I'm praying right now for wisdom and guidance so that we can know what to do so that we can know how to share your love, to share what you've done for them on the cross and how we can do it, God, in such a way that it's going to be compelling, in such a way that we're not doing it, but you, God, are working through us, and it's you that's doing it. God, I thank you for everything that you're doing. I thank you for the people that are in the seats. I thank you for the people who've always been faithful in their giving, who's always done everything that they can to make sure missionaries have the essential tools, essential tools like cars, essential tools like microphones. God, I pray right now for these people, and I continue to thank you for them, because if it wasn't for this amazing church body and our pastor who has the heart for missions, then God, we would not be where we are today. Lord, I thank you for everything that you're doing, and I pray right now that you stir something new in us and make us even greater for you, because you're getting the glory, God. Not me, not Oxford Assembly, but you. I want it all to be for you, God. Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.